0: It's time for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Nerding Football. Now, from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and Belmont, California, here is Maggie and Matthew Paveo. All right, everybody. We are back in person, or at least we are in person, at the table. Dad and daughter, talk Notre Dame football. Maggie and I, eyeball to eyeball. It's getting harder and harder to have enthusiasm to start this show after a showing. Maggie, we'll get to it, I guess. I don't want to jump to it. How are you doing? How was your flight back? How are you doing?
1: Uh, Good flight. Uh, Almost made it up for the loss. Not really, but uh, Uh (laughs) otherwise a a good week after I kind of – a meltdown closed,
0: Saturday.
1: <laughs> closed the laptop and fin- and didn't watch the rest of the game. Yeah. I don't blame you.
0: Um we did. Did you notice we did have had a boost in listenership? Something like 40 some odd listens is today or yesterday or something like that. So thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully it keeps going, or maybe it's some sort of Spotify. Who knows? Who cares? I'm glad we have I'm glad we have some listeners. Um anyway, episode 78, Maggie starts on a letdown. Notre Dame hopefully bottomed out for the season and played their worst game by far of the season an uninspired loss on the road to an undefeated Louisville team. Who's now 14th in the rankings, 33 to 20. The game got out of hand in the second half. Um, Your name tied at half and then was outscored uh, 26 to 13 in the second half. Really kind of manhandled really seemed uninspired It was not fun. Do you have any initial thoughts, Maggie? Or, you know, we're going to get into it. And actually everybody, we might be doing two episodes because we're in person, we might go over the half an hour. So we might have to, we might cut it and go into two episodes. So just so you're aware, this might be our first time ever doing episode 78 and episode 79 on the same week. But anyway, Maggie, what do you think? What's your just initial thoughts of Louisville, the Louisville game?
1: It was just one of those games where it went wrong and then it just kept going wrong. Um, <laughs> there was a moment where we could have like come back and then nope, but it was just- Absolutely. Just really didn't feel like anything was clicking. Um, I mean, I guess we'll get into it later, but it was just a frustrating watch. I mean, as I said, Absolutely. I had to turn it off around five minutes left in the fourth quarter, which there's, I'm glad I did.
0: I mean, there's just no excuse for it. There's no reason why Notre Dame should be losing and getting manhandled, the way, losing the way they did to Louisville. I think it's also important. Um, pushed around on both sides of the ball, really not able to establish a run. Just uninspired football and uninspired offense for the most part. But Maggie, as always, we are optimists here at A Dad and A Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. So we want to first talk about the good things. And there were a few good things. Maggie, what did you see as what went well in this game?
1: Well, it was very difficult for me to think about what went well because I think I told you like right after we watched the game last saturday that it was really hard for me to find any positives and i told you that again a few hours ago that i was having a hard time thinking about positives but i will say that in terms of individual performances Mm -hmm. a few players played uh, well maybe as a relative Mm -hmm. (laughs) relative term um i would say like riley mills cam hart mitchell evans and Jordan Faison, who was not someone who would normally fit in that group. Absolutely. All played well. Um, So on an individual level, good. But at the same time, football is a team sport. And the team overall <laughs> did not play well.
0: No, no, you can't win this game with four players playing well. Two on defense, two, two, two on, on yeah, offense. Exactly, <laughs> so, like, yeah, but you're right. Mitchell Evans had four catches for 71 yards. He's certainly becoming a threat. Uh, certainly, absolutely is Hartman's favorite target. Um, Jordan Faison is, right now the best receiver on the field. And he was, up until this last week, I guess, a non-scholarship player. A walk-on is your, this is a Notre Dame football, and a walk-on is your best receiver. That's a problem in the receiver room. Um, but good for Jordan Faison. And supposedly, in he was looking great up to this point. So it's not like a surprise. Um, I'll go with you. I'll add one more name. Cam Hart did play great too. I'll add one more name. I thought Jeremiah Love looked, again, explosive. Mm-hmm runs hard, seems to find the crease and go. Um, They got to find, I mean, he, I don't know if it's a thing where he maybe has trouble with blitz pickup or, you know, or maybe his, his hands aren't that great. I mean, they need to find a way to get him on the field more Um between him and estimate. And I would still say Jadarian Price, you have three really, really explosive uh, running backs. Don't forget Jabron Payne, but um yeah, I mean, it, it, so much was bad. It is hard to find good. I agree with you. So, let's get into that what went wrong and let's break it down let's go offense defense and then just coaching because i think we can talk about all of it what went and i will say actually the defense played okay but let's go with our offense what which was the glaring mistake what do you think maggie what what went wrong
1: i just don't think we ever found our rhythm i think um i mean looking at the game when there was like a an uptick of hope i think it happened in like the third quarter we Mm -hmm. came out and the defense looked really good our offense wasn't there like we didn't capitalize on that on the good defensive play so um we never found a rhythm we never found a receiver i mean except for i guess jordan jordan faison um mm-hmm. jaden thomas had like maybe an almost catch at the end i don't think he caught it yeah, i think it he, bounced i think out he his did. Hand. i
0: think he had two catches but i think he was really the yeah
1: hamstring. Mm-hmm. but i mean also like i forgot he was there chris tyree was nothing special i mean he was there on the field i did see him but like he was nothing yeah
0: there there, there were moments where he could be there like there was some yeah yeah
1: yeah but that wasn't helpful and then mitchell evans is reliable enough but Mm -hmm. was not the most i guess that kind of goes back on the point i just made a second Mm -hmm. ago as a positive um he did the best he could but at the same time like there wasn't one receiver that was making consistent catches on there and our run game I guess, aside from Jeremiah Love, was not estimated to not have his best no. game either. Um, and then also, if we're talking about all positions on the offense, the offensive line also did have a considerable amount of penalties against them. People who should not, I mean, none of them should be getting penalties, but like people who have not had that issue in the past.
0: Well, so. you're absolutely great. And Joe all I mean, who we all love and is fantastic, gave up his first sack and got knocked on his rear mm-hmm. one time. And uh, Blake Fisher was absolutely atrocious. You talk about the the moment that the Notre Dame seemed to have the game, maybe momentum, at least a 30-yard pass to, to – a uh, 30-plus-yard pass to Mitchell Evans coming out with the lead. I think we were up 17-10 to 10 or something like that at that point. And um, Mitchell Evans gets a long, deep pass, and it comes back because of a face mask, of all things, on an offensive tackle. I thought that was a mistake. Uh, face back and it was a ridiculous one by Blake Fisher and then offsides again Blake Fisher um, Tobias Merriweather who we continue to talk about I am off the train officially I am done Tobias Merriweather I hope you prove me wrong you are off I am off the Tobias train one catch for 17 yards again when we needed him to step up he is not there so Nerdame, Dame Chance Stuckey I know he was given not a lot from Dell. uh what was his name
1: Alexander Dell
0: Alexander who basically stopped recruiting years ago. Um, but man, oh man. And they've had injury issues. But man, oh man, you got to get them to play hard. I don't know what Stuckey has to do, but he has to get them to play hard. Tobias, remember, you got to get that done, Stuckey. Um, or, or maybe this is not going to happen. Sam Hartman, uh, I would also say had a bad game, even though statistics are okay. He was 22 for 38 for 254 yards. but But three interceptions, and I believe a fumble or two. Um, Sam Hartman does not like to play in Louisville. This was the Sam Hartman we were afraid of when he came Um, that he is turnover prone. And I also just haven't seen this big arm at all. So it's all been checked downs. It's all intimate. That could be our receivers that aren't getting open. Um, But you got to stretch the field. And then, um, so offensively it was all bad. There wasn't, I mean, we could say Jeremiah love in his five runs was good. Um, but then he didn't get the ball enough. Um, Chris Tyree, I agree. He needs to get the ball more. Um, Mitchell Evans is good, but that can't be the, that can't be your offense. It just can't. Um, If, if estimate is getting two yards of carry, you change, but we'll talk about coaching in a minute. So offense, absolutely the worst performance in some time, maybe since the Stanford game last year, but all right. Sorry, I got that off my chest. Defense, Maggie, what went wrong with the defense? Slightly less things went wrong with the defense, but still.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, less. Definitely, Um, I do wish we pressured the quarterback a little bit more because I felt like he did have too much time, and and I made this note, and maybe it sounds bitter because he did beat us, Um, (laughs) but he was not that good of a quarterback. (laughs) Like we beat him twice before, Um, and he's
0: just not. He doesn't. uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right. So
1: I think we didn't take that chance to really like shake it up in that aspect. We have like the players to do that. We have Javante or. Jean yeah, Jean-Baptiste
0: Jean had an off game. Or not yeah. off game. But he just wasn't as dominant as before.
1: Um, and I, I do wonder, and maybe this is not like a great take because he's not that big of a player yet, but I mean, Jordan Battelle was out for the first half. And he's yeah. not like the heart of our defense per se, but he does bring some energy. He brings some fire to the game. It's true. And in a game like this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a night game, I wonder if that would have made any difference. But also there are so many things that uh, I feel like maybe we could have done differently yeah. to make a difference. Yeah. But then also... There were penalties on the defense yeah. um i mean maris leah foul. i forgot about this until i yeah. was looking back at the yeah. text actually we were <laughs> sharing yes. during um it was just dumb and it was at a pivotal time yep. in the game uh we we're gonna make their stop Maris yeah. stop them and yeah. we we're gonna get the ball back yeah. and although our offense wasn't doing well the things were looking up yes um and then there was a dumb penalty i don't yeah. remember even what it was it i just was, remember it was uh dumb.
0: it was a, it was another face mask wasn't it or it I, was a late I, hit.
1: It was something like
0: yeah, it was ridiculous. It, and, like
1: after the fact.
0: Yes, and it didn't need to happen. And Maris LFO knows better, and it cost us the game. It really, those two penalties, the Blake Fisher and the Maris CF penalties, were gigantic in this game. I'm not making that's not a hot take. That's just the, the truth of it. Um I mean, I, I think DJ Brown tackled horribly. Um, I think Maris played terribly. Um, there were times when he was there, but just Sometimes it just doesn't work for him. I don't know what it is. I want to be a fan of both of them. I like both of them. Um, and I am rooting for both of them. They just had bad games. Uh, John Baptiste, you know, he just didn't dominate the way I'd hope, Batello even didn't dominate the way I'd hope coming. I know we missed half the game in, on a bogus, um, targeting call where they hit him and the guy's hip or whatever. Anyway. Um, but th- those are the breaks and Batello came in and just didn't play well. He didn't seal the edge on a play and let, let a long run go. Um, they just were just completely, at every stage, uh, just outcoached and outplayed. So let's get to that coaching. Maggie, right, what were the problems with the coaching? You can take offensive, you can take on Golden, you can take Parker, you can take Stuckey, you can take out Washington, any of them.
1: I mean, I'll, I will not go against Al Golden this time. I mean, I I feel like when the issues were mostly that penalty. I mean, take
0: a Marcus Freeman. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. When it's mostly that penalty, I will say that the defense – Outplayed the offense this week, um, but I also think Parker's like I was going to say lack of maturity, but that's not the lack of experience, not maturity. Oh. <laughs> experience kind of showed in this one. Um, it is kind of the middle of the season. Maybe things are kind of dimming down, especially because it was like our third night game in a row oh. and our uh, second away game in a row. So the teams are going to be tired. Um, I guess that would fall on Freeman to kind of m- make sure team morale is up and make sure that they're ready to play this game. But I also don't know how much of that is just nature. Like mm-hmm. just they're tired. Like they have to go to class all week. They have to go to practice. And then right. they have to leave for the weekend on a Friday. Absolutely. Um. So I do think that Freeman's had this issue like last year as well. Right. But I also know that it's also maybe just – natural that they're going to get tired after the schedule that I mean, we had.
0: I, I agree with you. I, 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 just think that the Parker offense also is so stagnant and boring. There isn't a lot of movement. There isn't a lot of, you know, you watch like a 49ers offense. There's movement on every play pre-snap and there's nothing for the defense to think about or move or um, the plays are the receivers can't get open for whatever reason. And that's been a problem for years. Um, they can't separate and um, and we were just running, you know, handoffs to estimate right up the gut and it wasn't working. Uh, Zeke Carell, uh, Rocco Spindler, they they did. They even put in. Um, what's his name? Uh, Christophic. And they put in Shruth They they rotated in guards within them and played Shruth who hadn't played at all and, and, and w- made some nice blocks, but hasn't played at all in major in major college football. And they throw him in there in this game and say, go to work. And then they move them from position to it. It made no sense. Um, Parker, I felt like Parker was, um, panicking a bit. He had lost it. Um, there was no creativity. There was no, the, the runs on, they couldn't get third down in one. And that was all because there was no, even I said before one of them don't run it. And then it was knocked him, knocked estimate back by two yards. I mean, it wasn't even close it was such a poor performance uh, that, you know, I don't know. It was terrible. It was terrible. They were underprepared. So Marcus Freeman has to, and you're right. This happened last season. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, this happened again where they are just completely underprepared. Um, and I don't know if they're looking past this game to USC. I don't know what, um, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. They shouldn't get too tired, but you know, it's a stretch anyway. Coaching was atrocious. All right. With all that negativity, and we're gonna get back to some negativity in a minute. Maggie, let's give your players of the game, offensive player of the game.
1: I don't know if we'll be in agreement with this one, but I'm fine to agree with you on this one. Um, I'm giving it to Jordan Faison. I mean, he played and he got a scholarship uh, like the day after he played. Um, It was a real bright spot. I remember I was watching with my friend and we were both like, she's like, who's that player? And I was like, I have no idea who that is. (laughs) I have no idea who just got that ball. Um, It kind of came out of nowhere. He was a walk-on, um, but it's kind of nice to see someone stepping up, um, even if it had to be one of our walk-ons.
0: Yeah, I. I you, how could you not pick any? Oh, you know what? I am going to pick somebody else. Spencer Schrader. I picked oh, him. Okay. And, you know, fifty-four yard <laughs> field goal. He didn't miss any field goals. That's that's the level of this game. He was two for two on field goals. I'm giving it to him. One was fifty-four yards, which I believe was a, a tied his record no Dame record. So you got to give it to him on that. Um, and Jordan Faison would be the other one I'd give, to. How about on defense, Maggie?
1: Um, I will give it to Cam Hart. Um, I think he showed his experience this week, uh, even if it wasn't, like, the biggest performance. It was nice to see him on the field. Um, He is a captain, so you'd hope that he was kind of (laughs) showing that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But he did kind of, like, have a maybe, like, a semi-standout game. It wasn't, like, this amazing play or anything. But Mm -hmm. um, I thought he played pretty well compared okay. to his past games.
0: Uh, I'm going with JG Bertrand. Uh he had a sack. He played well. He was aggressive. He but he made his tackles for the most part. Uh Bertrand is my pick for defensive player of the game. Maggie, give us a grade on this game.
1: I feel like I'm usually pretty generous with the grades. Um uh, maybe this is also too generous. I'm giving them a D. <laughs> yeah uh, I I was gonna go D minus, but then I was thinking like the only thing that kept me from an F or a D minus is that it wasn't a game. And we were just exhausted. Yeah. Like you could just see it on the field. Right. Um. So with that in mind, I couldn't give them like an F, especially I, with the performances of some players. Yeah, so. I was gonna
0: go. Actually, you're convinced me. I'm gonna give them a D plus. Um. Just because you're playing good, because of who they played. I would save my Fs for like losses to Marshall mm-hmm. or losses to Stanford last year. So, um, a D plus. The defense played okay. In parts, uh, Schrader uh, was good. Um, the the game actually into the third quarter. Notre Dame had their moment to make the move, and then penalties killed them. So I'm gonna give it a D plus. You go to a night game, play a host in a host in front of a hostile Louisville crowd. Back to back night games, back to back ranked or back to back to back ranked teams. Um, yeah, it's hard. So I'm I'm gonna okay. It was a hard test, but you really did poorly on it. So I'm giving him a D D plus. Um, all right, Maggie. So you know a lot of talk because it was such a deflating, such an uninspired um performance where are we with this program is it that they're tired do you think that's it the schedule was it
1: um i would like to say so because i feel like that is the easiest solution to make in the future like if it's if it's coaching that's going to be a little bit more difficult if it's um like training and like strength and conditioning then like that's another issue that we need to deal with much more in the future but if it's Mm -hmm. scheduling it's kind of what i'm hopeful it is because mm-hmm. i feel like we don't have another stretch like this i believe mm-hmm. um for the rest no. of the year so hopefully like the worst is behind us but if it is like one of those issues that's not scheduling related then that issue is going to probably come back in the rest of the year
0: yeah absolutely i mean it does that you bring up a good point you know the notre dame the day before the season started the meaning their practices Um, uh, matt ballas is it ballas? Bayless. Uh, Bayless Um, resigned. We still haven't gotten, it was for personal reasons. We we don't, we don't know. Uh, Fred Hale took over. He's never done this job on a major level that, and this is, that's the same for many of our coaches. I think we'll get back to that, but so it could be a strength and conditioning problem. They are tired and that the strength and conditioning coach should be held accountable for that. You can't, you knew this was coming. You, you should have taken preparation. Plus, I don't know if they're tired. I mean, I was thinking about it. You know, a lot of their players sat for a lot of the games. Now that's not traveling, but you know, there wasn't a lot of Sam Hartman in, in the Tennessee state game. There wasn't, you know, the people sat as well. But I, I do think that is something. I do think the schedule is just, it's just unfair at a certain point. You're playing Ohio state and then Duke on the road and Duke was better than we thought and Louisville better than we thought. And now you got to go to you. I mean, that's a brutal stretch. We talked about it all season. So um, it came up and bit them. Uh, so I do think there's something to be said. I think Marcus Freeman needs to really reevaluate the same thing happened last year with Marshall and Stanford and these lulls And But he always gets them back, but he really needs to reevaluate keeping that standard of excellence for the whole season. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. If, do you think it's an inexperienced, Maggie? Inexperienced coaching? Is this what we get for an, hiring an inexperienced coach?
1: I mean, I'm hopeful that if it is an experience, he will gain that in time i
0: hope so but
1: uh otherwise you don't have that much time to gain um but i guess it is probably an experience and just not knowing how to get through that rough patch of like back-to-back losses because even when we lost to marshall it just kept getting worse yeah (laughs) kept getting worse like the cal game we won but it wasn't the win we were expecting right i will say also though thinking about this team and its exhaustion rather than just the travel Mm -hmm. it is i think midterm season
0: it's also that yeah right it is also that but that's always around the usc game um but it's true it is midterm season as you know
1: yes i'm yep i do know that very well (laughs)
0: um so let's go down a little bit where are you with the season so we asked this last week are we getting worse
1: uh i I don't know if well i guess obviously worse compared to like previous weeks because we Mm -hmm. lost but for some reason with this team and what happened last year is all of a sudden they kind of pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. USC is kind of a hard game to like pick it back up with. But for some reason, I'm still feeling pretty hopeful about the season. I think that hopefully the worst is behind us. Yeah, I'm well, saying that.
0: And we'll come back to that because I want to talk about that. Um, I think USC is the perfect is, – well, is USC the perfect team to play right now? Is this the perfect team to play right now? Well, we'll let's get to that in a minute because yeah. we're going to talk about USC. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk to about something. Now I forgot what it was. Um, well, where are you with the season? So, so you think we're getting, you think it's can all tell this next game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do we do with, with our offense? What are we going to do? Do you think Parker is the answer and we just have to wait it out? Or do you think this is it for Parker or, or here's another question. Um, do you think he's replaced in the bye week so say we come out and Notre Dame loses to USC um, and the offense, you know, doesn't look great. It's not like a shootout. Does Parker get replaced in the bye week? Maybe by Gino Gugliami, Gugliel- the, the quarterback's coach. Oh. Um, or by someone else, do you think? Or does he last the whole season?
1: I I feel like, well, I kind of go back and forth because I feel like if it's really bad (laughs) this week then we kind of have no choice but also something that like scares me a little bit is that if we're going to make this change I'd rather make it before Swarbrick leaves (laughs) oh (laughs) um I don't know he doesn't have like a big I mean it's mostly like Marcus Freeman I mean
0: Swarbrick kind of messed this one up right yeah
1: but or somebody so maybe I don't want him to
0: I mean they wanted to hire supposedly was it Alan Ludwig I think it's Alan Ludwig from Utah who's one of the best Um... offensive coordinators in the biz right now and weren't allowed to do the contract they would have to buy his contract out from Utah and Notre Dame for whatever reason just didn't want to spend the money which sounds bizarre um but instead they got Jerry Parker who's you know had his fine moments too let's not forget that so um, and but it's an inexperienced person we have inexperience all over the place yeah do you, so even uh, let me ask you this question do you think someone like Marcus Freeman who we both love um, but is really showing as an inexperience I mean there were just I mean the fourth and was it fourth and 11 with yeah. nine minutes left in the third quarter and you're down by 11 and you go for it. I don't know. That's just such a mistake of never having coached magnitude. I mean, it was gigantic. Um, and then I think even, um, uh, Braum called timeout and, he, and yet Freeman still ran the play. It was almost like Braum was saying, trying to help him out. Um, and so, that was such an inexperienced coaching move that had gotten panicked with nine minutes to go is, are you really, one, are you willing to ride it out with Freeman? And two, I think I know the answer to that, but two, do you think you would need like a mentor coach or something like that? Should we bring on someone else to be like in his ear? I'm thinking like of a Jim Trestle who used to coach at Ohio state was Marcus Freeman's coach. He's now the president, I think at Youngstown state or something like that. Anyway, a veteran coach that would, Marcus Freeman would trust that could give him advice like don't do that, do this.
1: I would rather go with that option of retaining Marcus Freeman because I think that he's good for the culture of the program, and I think the players really like him. Yeah, great um, recruiter. Yeah, yeah. And I think the future of the team is good. I thought that the future was going to be this year when yeah. we won the right. national right. championship, and that's yeah. yeah, and that's looking not so in reach. So maybe you know when we have CJ Card, when mm-hmm. we have Minchie, like now that's going to be it, but. Um, I will say maybe Lou Holtz.
0: Oh, just as a mentor, <laughs>
1: just as a mentor, right? Which I'm—he's not probably. I mean, he's—he's he's definitely retired. <laughs> um, I
0: don't know about Lou Holtz, but I, I think of someone of that kind of a retired guy, recently retired coach, to help Freeman.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, with game preparation and game strategy, being a game time solutions, game day solutions, or decisions. Um, so. What are some short-term solutions? Because we certainly don't want this going. What do you think some short-term solutions are, Maggie? And then we'll talk about some long-term solutions. And we got about five minutes.
1: I think short-term solution, getting more people different catches and starting to play mm-hmm. other people. Phase-on obviously worked out. I don't know where he came from. There was mm-hmm. no talk about him before. I'm trying more things like that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Dion Colsey. I'll put him in the mix, mm-hmm. um, even though we've maybe tried that and that's not the way we want to go. Mm-hmm. But I also think that – I'm. Tobias Merriweather getting ready because I think mm-hmm. last game was very indicative of why we need him. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not ready kind of shows where we are with the program. And right. I, I need him to be ready for the game that he was recruited to play. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, that's a great point. Put the players on the field that want to be on the field. Earn your spots. I think we're doing too much of Tobias Merriweather was a four or five star recruit, so he should be on the field. Faison's outplaying him. Faison should be on the field. You know, I, I think uh, Mitchell Evans as outplaying the other end is not there's any question about, it. you know, um, Eli Reardon, who I was really looking forward to, missed a huge block in that game that would have sprung, I believe, was Jadarian Price uh, for a long run. You know what? You can't do that. You need, there needs to be accountability. I don't know that they, they have a lot of accountability, and I think that's why you're seeing these mistakes. Blake Fisher should have been sat down in that game. Um, he was, and I love Blake Fisher, but he was a disaster in that game. Um, and eventually he was. I think Tosh Baker came in at the end, but that was an injury issue. Um, uh, supposedly. Um, so I think at this point you need to be, um, looking at accountability. Let's make ourselves accountable, tighten everything up. You now are now not going to win the national title this year, tighten things up for next year. Um, long-term solutions, Maggie, what are some long-term things you'd like to see Notre Dame do?
1: Um, I mean, this is difficult because I trust Freeman. It's mm-hmm. so like ultimately, they will come down to just him learning how to make better and smarter decisions, right. which could be done with a mentor coach. Right, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, which would be a good long term solution with the new um, athletic director coming in. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that will For look sure. like? So that actually, I was kind of sad about him leaving, but yeah. maybe it's a positive.
0: And breaking news: a new president of Notre Dame. Yeah, so the whole
1: maybe you should apply.
0: Yeah, I'm officially putting my my hat in the ring. <laughs> I would love to be the president of Notre Dame. That sounds great. I'll do it. Either one of those jobs actually although the other one's been filled so uh, the new athletic director is already on board um so i lost out on that one again um yeah no i think a long-term solution you're absolutely right keep recruiting really well um keep those kids coming uh and i think things will work out fine i think you, know, you get enough talent on the field you'll be all right uh i think Notre Dame needs to open up their offense needs to get people moving we need to make it more exotic. I don't know what, I mean, maybe there's another offensive coordinator down the road. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not, I'm starting to, I want to stay on the, I want to, I don't want anybody on this squad or this coaching staff to lose their job. I like them all. I think they're good, good people, good coaches, but Jared Parker, you got to show me more, man. (laughs) You got to show me more. And I think they are going to get And the other problem is I think they almost likely will have a new defensive coordinator. I can't see I'll go. I think he still wants to be a head coach. I can't see him sticking around too much longer. Um, so, there's that too. So would you want to bring on a new offensive and a new defensive coordinator? So that that actually might speak to maybe there's a change at the break. Watch for that. That I think that might happen. All right, Maggie, we are up against it. So we are going to do a two-parter. So please, everybody, stay tuned. We will come back in a, in, in another episode to talk about the USC game. Maggie, do you want to sign off before we go?
1: I'll catch you on the flippity-flip, everyone, which might be sooner than you think.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Please turn, tune in again and go Irish.
1: Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.